Here's the thing, Dan. You can go to a trophy store, okay, and you can buy all of the statuettes you want. That does not make you Mark Spitz in the Olympics. We'll be back in a minute. Hello? Hello, sir. How are you Good today? Good morning. 200. 200. 200. He'll only do three we'll of only these. do three of these episodes. He's only going to do three of these. Yeah. It's amazing how something like that uh, sticks in your craw, gets under your skin. Show like that, you don't need all at once. You don't need it. Mm. <laughs> How are you? I'm well. Right. I'm well. I, uh, I've had a lot of coffee. Good. That's the best. That's when you do your best work. Mm. I don't know if it even works anymore. The coffee? I mean, it kind of works, but, you know, it doesn't have the impact it used to have. I remember you know? when I when I started drinking coffee late, high school, early college time period, um, it was still kind of optional for me. You know, mm-hmm. like I, I wanted it. I definitely wanted it. But if I didn't have it, things would still move forward in the day. Right. That, that's the beauty of having a symmetrical young body. <laughs> a lot of the, the parts will still work mostly. Yeah. You know, you're gonna, hey, I'll have a little of that. That'll be fun. Yeah, I remember when I when I would first start drinking coffee, I would it didn't take very much at all for me to become like a pure beam of light, not in a good way. Yeah. Just way, way over energetic. But and the problem for me now, because you know this is interesting, is uh is just the how long the uh I, I feel like I don't get the bang I used to get up front. And then I do get the lingering downside longer. Oh. The, so the times I feel like I could use it the most, you know, like in the afternoon, I'm I'm very unlikely to do it because I don't want to be up all night. That's when I organize my pills. Well, I know a lot of people would say, oh, you know what? I, I've got to, I'm going to be out late. I'll, it's six o'clock. I'll have some coffee. And oh, they, I used to do that. No problem. No problem. No problem. Not that they're going to, they're not going to bed early. They're planning on, uh, on being, you know, being up late. They're going to trip the light. Fantastic. That's and right. Now I feel, I feel judgy. Somebody goes, yeah, I'll have a coffee. I'll go, really? You're going to have a coffee? Mm, that's, you think that's safe? Are you driving? Yeah. So I got, uh, <laughs> and now the guy, the guy again, you know, this is this is the way that this is it's like a Manchurian candidate type situation with the coffee guy. <clears throat> Today he was open just fine. Just fine. I think he just comes in when he feels like it. So he's not on a schedule. You've now this is the third week I believe where you've yeah. gone there with the intent of buying coffee and only once out of the three times that you've told me about Mm-hmm. Is he actually there dealing with, with customers in the store? Do other customers, are they outside waiting? No. Well, no, first of all, I just want to say, I, I don't want to judge. And also, there could be a pattern here I just haven't recognized yet. I should probably start a spreadsheet. There might be a pattern that I could discern over time. You know, like uh, like waiting for the pine tar to drip. You know, you just got to wait for a real long time and eventually it'll make sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How are you doing? Good, good. Do you ever, what's the term, uh, the German term for taking pleasure in somebody else's misfortune? Oh, a, a blitzkrieg scheisse? Yes, the blitzkrieg, mm-hmm. the blitzkrieg. Scheisse, yeah. Or is it, so th- that's Schaden, the thing that Schadenfreude. the pilots would shout as they're crashing into the... Yeah, Torah, Torah, Torah. Right. Well, mm-hmm. uh, we have a Walgreens. Uh, and... Uh, the, the the Walgreens opens at an odd, what I think is an odd time for a Walgreens. You would think that a Walgreens would open uh, like at a seven. Seven seems good because you're on your way to work or whatever. If you had to pick a time, 
out of a hat. I'm going to say, say is seven. this or is this not the time a Walgreens should open? Seven is the clear winner. Seven is when. That's what no, I want. No question. It opens at eight. This one opens at eight. That's not, that's, that's not acceptable. And so what happens is I usually drop my kid off, you know, between 7.30, you know, 7.30 is when he, we got to get him there. So I usually, you know, if I have to get something to Walgreens, I always forget, or I used to forget that the thing wouldn't open until eight and it's like right by his school. So I, you know, I'd get there and I'm, oh great, now I got to wait 15 minutes. I guess I'll check email or something like that. But what's so, and the few times that I've done that, I park the car in front of the the Walgreens and I sit in the car and I'm, you know, I'm sitting there looking at my phone or whatever, listening to the radio. And I will see every single time at least five, if not 10 people pull up, walk up to the doors. The doors will not open. You mm. see them kind of mm. looking in and then they look at the, they look at the, the hours that and are they posted. they make this face. They make this face. Yes. Like, mm. Yeah. Or they squinch up and look in. Yeah. That helps you look, that helps yeah. you look through a clear door. That's mm. right. I think mm. you're at the same Walgreens as me. And then they kind of <laughs> do the thing where they put their arms up in the air like, what, the, what, what is this? And then they get back mm. in their car and they leave. I think that if they had, there's a reason why they're not opening up at eight, but if they did, or at seven, but if they did open up at seven, I think they're, they're losing business by having the door shut that early. Well, I agree. And here's the other thing is it's whatever pattern you establish. So the problem with the coffee place is if you have a coffee place that might be open in a two hour window, Mm -hmm. and then for somebody like me, where that's something I pass by every day, I'll, you know, I'll treat it like finding a quarter on the ground. Like, hey, hey yeah. good for me, special Tuesday. Right. Like, but, but for somebody else, and it's right by a train stop, which is an ideal location for a place with coffee. And if you go by and you go by several days and it's randomly open or not open, I think that, that kind of, you know, the pathway gets formed. You go, hmm, I don't know about this place. Because here's the thing. If I knew, okay, if I knew that it was not going to be open, yeah. I would go brew my own coffee at home, put it in one of those costly paper <laughs> right. cups and, and, and with a nice clean lid and carry it down the street like a gentleman. But you know, it's 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 hope. That that's the thing that screws us. Hope. It's miserable. Hope. Hope. Yeah, our Walgreens. Whew. You know what? You literally don't get me started. Dan, we have so much to talk about. Congratulations on your two hundred hundredth episode. Congratulations of your and, and welcome. Congratulations. Welcome back to the show. Good morning. It's so <laughs> nice to be here with the home and hearth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, no, the thing is I'll wake up. I, I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little sleepy, but I'm waking up. I'm waking up. By the end of the show, uh, you'll be, you'll be, don't worry. In 15 minutes, I'll be totally, totally full of beans. Yeah. Yeah. I had a, uh, I had a ginseng, uh, I had a probiotic, uh, I just, I really, you know, it's Christmas time, guys. Give yourself a gift. Cultural. Look it up. And, uh, so it's, it's pretty good. It's a good day. I, I came in early and I did something you don't like, which is I wrote some things down to talk about. Oh, no, I do. That's, I love it when you prepare. Well, my problem is I have things I want to talk about, and then I go, oh, we got this really interesting feedback from somebody, except uh, I didn't bother to make a note of it. Beep, boop, beep, boop. So now I made, I made a list of things. Do you have anything you'd like to talk about at the top of the show, Dan? Uh, the top of the show, no. Okay. I want to wait till we get, you know, till we get into it, till the, the productivity well, the, part at the, starts. At the neck of the show, I would just like to say... <laughs> the dog I don't leg. Like to, <laughs> I don't like to be that guy. Yeah. But I would, I would just, I will say this once, and then I don't want to talk about it anymore. I would like to say thank you. Uh, to everybody who has listened to the show. I, I, you know, these anniversary things, like who cares? But, you know, it's it, whatever. It's got zeros in it, so you got to make a big deal. But honestly, thank you to everybody um, who's been listening to the show for a long time. It's, um, it's, uh, it's amazing that people still listen to the show, and I'm really grateful for it. Me too. I Isn't mean, it? without the audience, there would, there would be less, much less of a show to do. 
Yeah, Jason Snell says, what is it he was describing? It was Tim Goodman, somebody was saying, podcast, it's like radio without the listeners. <laughs> Unless you stream it live, in which case it's like radio times 10. Unless somebody might or might not have killed somebody. Yeah. Peanut butter nom noms. Nom noms. Mail Kemp. Um, hmm. <laughs> I listen to I listen to so many podcasts, Dan. You don't even want to know. You don't. You literally don't want to know how many. How many? Podcasts I listen to uh, all of them. No, I listen to a lot of them. Uh, I do. I listen to a lot, and uh, and you know, uh, just as uh, in uh, in Germany called this a segue scheisse, uh, <laughs> we uh, we got some a uh, lot of nice email this week. Improbably. Um, and one of the things we got a nice note from somebody saying, thank you for the podcast recommendations, which I thought was nice to hear. Oh, and for the episode, the uh, 199 penultimate uh, episode. best oh, Merlin's, That would be my best of 2014. Merlin's best of 2014, yeah. Every year I like to sit down and talk about the best, <laughs> the newest, the best, and the brightest in media. We're talking about novels. We're talking about magazines. We're talking about children's programming. All of the things that have made 2014 such a memorable year. Here's a listicle. So that was nice. You know, <laughs> that was your, your best thing. of uh, best of 2014 episode. The episode itself was the best of 2014. Oh, you're saying it was a kind of recursion? Yeah, meta, which is also known as recursion. <laughs> I, uh, uh, here's, um, can I here's. Can I say one thing, Dan? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, here's, here's the one thing I'm going to say. People, people say this, okay? Because people, people, you hear a show more than once. There's a pretty good chance that you're going to hear something more than once. Every day, somebody's <laughs> born who's never seen the Flintstones, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I feel like I'm living inside of an Escher print. Which which one am I? Uh, I think you're the one with the upside down steps. <laughs> and there's some Philip Glass music playing. Do 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 do. It's like Monument Valley without the cute girl. Uh, so my thought on that is, <laughs> you're going to hear things over and over. And, and I'm going to. I I I I I I I I um. I uh, I had a, had a lovely brunch with uh, with uh, what doesn't, doesn't matter Jason Snell and his family and we were talking about this how people say hey you know we get it you like Hawkeye we get it you like Saga mm. you know we get it Merlin you like the flop house beep a boop a boop a boop but you know what here's the thing B shut up A there are people who are hearing that for the first time every week. Yeah. Literally every week I get people in the feed and in the email saying, you know, you went on like a crazy bobblehead character talking about this stupid Flophouse show. And then uh, uh, I went and listened to it. And you know what? It's really good. And it is. It's really good. And that's why we say things over and over. Because if we said it once, you know, then people are just going to say, hey, you mentioned some shell script in 2012. What is that? You know, if we talk about it, you know, we're talking about it. You're right. I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. I don't think that there is a reason uh, to not repeat something that's there <laughs> for us to help people. We're trying to share. You know what I mean? Well, no, but like we. No, I totally. And agree. not everybody. I know it's weird because all the people who are listening right now <laughs> re listen religiously to every single episode that we've ever done, and will so they do. can find an error. They right. can they can pull up some tape and show that we said the opposite of that before. But for the other people who aren't listening right now, who are going to yes. listen to the next episode and miss this one, if you don't talk about Hawkeye twice, then they're going to miss that, and that's important. It, 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 to your point. Oh God, why am I telling you this? There was a point in the mid 2000s where the thing that I wanted more than almost anything was to become like an A-list blogger. And it's one of those things everybody kind of wants for a while. You wanted, I wanted the same thing. Everybody wants it. They just don't talk about it. Now you do it on Facebook. Nobody right. sees it. Right. So what? <laughs> 
so my problem was I was out there <laughs> sucking up to all these people, some of which eventually became friends, yeah. some of which did not. And it was really weird and opportunistic. And you find a way to name drop and bleep a doop a doop. But like the, the truth is like I really wanted everybody to know who I was, which I realize it's a silly thing that everybody wants from time to time. And all it really takes is going somewhere and uh, having a conversation where you act like they have the slightest idea, quote unquote, who you are. Mm. And you stop doing that because you realize how dumb it is because nobody knows who you are. Nobody cares. When I have to sit around with the Thanksgiving turkey and explain to people what I do, I say, you know what? I have this extremely narrow little slice of the pie. It's, it's, you really kind of can't see it except from a certain angle. And like, but there are, there are a bunch of people who like it, but it's still a very small slice. And I think when you assume that everybody has heard stuff before, you are walking down a, a kind of treacherous road into the forest of self-involvement. Right, because there are very few people who can legitimately claim that a lot of people know who they are. But what's, well, let, me, let me roll back uh, the tape for a second. Mm-hmm. And why did you, because I, I remember why I did, but why did you want to be an A-list blogger and why did you want people to kind of know who you were? It's the being 30 version of wanting to be a rock and roll star, mm-hmm. I think, in the sense that when you're uh, a kid of a certain age and there'll be something that really moves you sometimes more than one thing that really moves you but you could be really moved by like a sports star or a sports team yeah you could be really moved by like like a doctor who actor you could be really moved by the who or like a, a band like you know you want to be you really 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 want to be in the kinks you realize you can't really be in the kinks like they're old guys now, but you kind of want that same thing. And I, I, I'm just, you know, hopefully being honest is that like, I wanted to have that same in a secondary way, maybe primary. I wanted to have that same impact on other people. I wanted to like move people the same way that my favorite writers moved me, yeah. which I think is a pretty common thing at different points in your life. But it was also, I also kind of really just wanted people to read my blog and I'd sit there and and look at the stats and stuff like that. And it made me a crazy person. But why did you want to do it? Uh, You know, I wanted to do it because I felt like at the time for me, um, I was completely disenchanted. And as you, as you say, disenfranchised with my job and my line of work and what I was doing. And I felt like there, that, by writing a lot on HiveLogic, by doing these things that on the one hand, yeah, I mean, I knew that I would, when I was writing a tutorial on how to install MySQL on Mac, right? Like that was helping people. But Help me. It, there, well, there was something about that to me that was like, I'm the guy that helps people do, like I had like a role that I was uh, fitting into in a way that's like, I'm, I'm the guy that maybe I'm doing that now with podcasts. Right. But like, I liked that. I like the idea that like, I had this place where I could, I could go and, and share the things that I knew with people who really could use that information. But at the same time, there was that rock star uh, desire that like, you know, like, I played guitar, but like we never really had a band that did anything. And this is a chance to kind of get out there and, and, and have, it wasn't so much a desire for the spotlight for me as it was to be like known for doing something, you know, Mm -hmm. like, no, like, oh, you know, this is that thing that I contributed to or that I did that, that, and of course, you know, it's amazing how quickly those things become 
uh, irrelevant. For example, in the MySQL, like, hello, homebrew. There's no need for those articles anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, we right. have, we have things like homebrew and it's, it, it's just the way that you have that, like the, I, by the way, never made it probably past the C plus list blogger. But what I found after that, even just trying to get into it, the, the desire to try and do that, you find out how much work it really is to do something like that, to, right. to post consistently and make it interesting. And I always found that this frustration that even though I did get to, to meet a lot of amazing people who just like you, like they became really good friends through that. Um, I think there, there was the entire, like the army of successful introverts, right? Yeah, exactly. But like, I mean, people will still come up to me and they'll be like, Oh Dan, you know, I I love, you know, I love back to work. And, uh, what's it like, you know, doing that show with Merlin or whatever. And they'll talk about like, Oh, thanks very much. What, you know, what else do you listen to? And they'll say, Oh, I listened to this other one. And Hey, I've been, I've been following you since back in the hive logic days when you used to write those tutorials. That is amazing to me that there's several dozen people who still remember that. You know, mm-hmm. ten years later, like, oh yeah, that tutorial wrote really helped me on get set up with the thing. Like, that's amazing to me that that there's human beings walking around who know still what that was. So I guess I guess part of you know the side effect of wanting to do it because I wanted to get uh, kind of make that little bit of a name for myself somehow uh, through helping people, like it actually worked. It helped people. You know, <laughs> like mm-hmm. that's right. that was right. the side effect of of it. I don't know. Yeah. It seems weird I, to I me. I totally agree. But, you know, the I think it's, I, I don't want to, you know, shave too much of the edge off of this. There was also an element I wanted to be kind of famous in a certain area. Yeah. And I don't. But um, you did. But okay. But, but you did that, I think. I think in a the. Little, just, a, just a little bit. The productivity but, in, in, in box zero, all of that. But see now, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, but like, for example, yes, okay, kind of, but not really. But but the, I guess all I would say is that, like, if you feel like you you wished when you were a kid that you would be not only welcome at the cool kids lunch oh, table, yeah. but you really wanted to be invited to the cool kids lunch table, I think that is a very hard feeling to shake. If you never really feel, it's very easy to feel this. You know, it's very easy to kind of feel like you you never got something that you really wanted and that you really should have had. Like I could be entertaining. I can put food in my nose. Like I want to do this thing. And um, I guess over time, a little bit, I've realized that like that in itself, it's cool, but it's mostly cool as in, in uh, when seen in reflection. Like what's more cool is to find the lunch table of people that you really do like to be with. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, some of them might be, and this is why I roll my eyes a little at that that's fine for Merlin stuff, because the truth is like, I, I, you know, I don't know, there's something kind of empty about, okay, like the uh, email we got this week uh, from the lady who's gotten uh, $11 million for her shoe startup. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And she wants to have, be on the show because she's a, she's a shoe, shoe, shoe entrepreneur. Yeah. And, and we get a lot of these now. I guess we somehow have, have fallen into some kind of uh, dark list of <laughs> uh, people who do things. And we get this same email now, uh, roughly the same email going, Hi, I'm a thought leader in the space around Blue Sky Solutioneering, and I have a book coming out in 2019. And... Uh, I know uh, recently you had a discussion about passive aggressive workers and I was wondering <laughs> if you'd like to have me on the show to talk about it. And you know, and you know what I do with that sometimes. 
which is <laughs> reply <laughs> right back and say, yeah. uh, what's your favorite episode we've done in the last couple of months? Like, mm-hmm. cause you've never heard this show. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, whatever. That's first world problem. But like, it's nice to know who your friends are and it's, it's nice to be able to be in proximity, you know, like we said from the very beginning to people who you like being around and who make you want to be the best version of yourself. I think that's a, I think that's a really valuable thing. I was never for the record. I was never at the cool table or invited to the cool table and frequently didn't like the table that I was at. So when you talk about, you know, that whole desire, I think that's incredibly common and more common than we as kids that probably weren't at the cool table realize. Like even, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I just, I always felt, you know, the whole concept of being, I was listening, uh, you know, my, my kid is, uh, he's getting into sort of eighties now, eighties music. So we were listening to, um, uh, I forget the, I forget the name of it. I wish is the name of the song. Do you know that song? I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish it was a ball. Oh, that one. Yes. And, uh, and you know, it's funny because like that sums up, I think for so many people like that, that desire and how, if you're in, in technology, right. If you're like, writing code for a living or something like that. What's the cool table for you? You know, well, at that time, right. it was it was blogging or being an A-list blogger because these were people who, you know, swam around in the internet and knew what they were doing and were frequently building cool well, and things. And other A-list bloggers wanted to be with them, right. which, which was very attractive. Yeah. But, but to quote the great Pope uh, John Roderick, even Bono <laughs> has a boss. Like no matter what <laughs> table you're at, there's always another table you want to be at until right. you get over the idea that there's a table. And... You know, the thing is, I just, you meet anybody, you go back to a reunion, you talk to people from high school, and you realize how crazy the optics are on that stuff, where everybody felt like they were the underdog. There aren't that many people that felt like they were at the cool lunch table. And the ones that did may not even be the happiest. It's not a schadenfreude, a schadenscheid sort of thing. Um, but it's but it's not the thing that makes you the happiest in the world. I mean, it's it becomes a little bit empty after a while. I yes. mean, you can go to a, here's the thing, Dan, you can go to a trophy store, okay, and you can buy all of the statuettes you want. That does not make you Mark Spitz in the Olympics. We'll be back in a minute. Uh, all, all I'm saying is that like, you have to have, the soul is self-satisfying, right? You've got to find some way to, to make yourself amused on your own. And that stuff is good in as much as it makes you want to try new things, be better, meet people. That's good stuff. That's really all positive stuff. But you also have to be cognizant just my own advice from me about me. You have to be cognizant. If you are somebody who worries about the lunchroom problem, make sure that that's not still a thing that's top of mind for you. Because unless that's driving you to do the stuff that you're really happy with, you could also get into a lot of really empty ventures uh, running after this thing that's not actually that great. Yeah. Yeah, because because I know there have been, no, there have been times where I know this, that you, you have been at the cool table. And is it is, having been one, one has been you? Oh, and mm. so I'm asking. Yeah, and there have been a few times where I've gotten to sit there. Mm-hmm. Um, like, is it that much better than just sitting with people you want to talk to? In fact, I would say it's it's probably worse because when you're well, just it's, it's, it's awesome if you get to meet people you want to meet. Yeah, but it becomes a real real distraction if everybody's looking over everybody else's shoulder to see if somebody a list year is nearby. Yeah, and that that's exhausting. And that makes you want to go back to the hotel room and, and you know and, and watch Cartoon Network. Yeah, that's that's exhausting. Um, I don't know. Tell me about something you like. Let me tell you about uh, Smile. Smile. The power of your office in your pocket. 
Have you heard about this? This is I've heard, I've heard I've heard about the pockets. They do fantastic work. They these guys are so focused on uh on making your life easier with the device that you already have in your pocket, which is typically a, it's an iPhone, right? So PDF Scan Plus is what I'm talking about here. And if you work for yourself, if you work for a, a big company that sent you on a trip or something, I don't know about you, but I'm constantly dealing with receipts for stuff. And we have a bookkeeper and she's like, she's like, you're saving all your receipts, right? I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, you're saving all your receipts. You save all your receipts. Like you just, you know, we had to go to uh, Home Depot to buy some screws for one of these microphone mounts. She's like, you need to save your receipt. I'm like, for $3 worth of screws? She's like, yes. Well, I hate doing uh-huh. that kind of thing. I don't want that with papers. Every, every dollar's made of dimes, Dan. This is so true. But what PDF Scan Plus, starting with something as simple as that, and building to so much more, you can scan your contracts and invoices. But like I'm talking about, you, you, get, you get your receipts. It'll turn it into a PDF. You do that with your phone, your iPad. You're standing there in the Home Depot. Boom, hit one button. Now you can get rid of that receipt. And it's all digitized. Mobile scanning. It even has OCR built into it. One touch. It's amazing. You can scan multiple images into a single document. And OCR, for those who don't know, this stands for optical character recognition. You can convert scans into searchable PDFs. And this is performed in the app, not sent to like a cloud service. It's a really, really handy. So much uh, has been added to the new versions, uh, PDF Scan uh, Plus 1.5, because you can automatically upload these scans right into your Dropbox or into iCloud. So you give your bookkeeper or your boss or whoever access to the Dropbox or iCloud. Uh, you just you scan it in. Boom, it's right there in your shared Dropbox. Oh, Go look at that. All the invoices, all the receipts are there. All the invoices are there. Oh, we got some checks. We wanted to send that. All of this stuff. And uh, the new version, better camera layout, iCloud drive support, image stabilization. You've been using this, I think, uh, for, for quite a while, haven't you? Oh, yeah. It's, it's terrific. And it's, it's helping you uh, build a habit. That's very difficult. Because if you think about it in terms of why would I write, these, write down these screws? Well, you know, it's getting you in the habit of saying, well, no, that's just a thing I do. A thing that I do is make sure that I grab this receipt and put it into the system. And if you always do it the same way, you you build a habit and then suddenly it doesn't seem so weird anymore. And you don't lose the big things, you don't lose the little things because that's just a thing that you do. And, and this is an app that affords that. Well, this is a wonderful app that you too can go and learn more about. Smilesoftware.com slash B2W. Smilesoftware.com slash B2W. That will teach you Everything you need to know about this, go check out the app, and uh, I hope that uh, hope you all enjoy it as much as uh, as we do. Thanks very much to Small for supporting this episode of Back to Work with Merlin Man. Bok bok. I got some a uh, little bit of quick fake follow up. Um, uh-huh. Something I mentioned in passing. I want to make sure I mention this to people because it's going to go away on the 29th. Um, uh, Chris Morris is uh, a radio and TV guy. Uh, in the UK, and uh, he has done some of the most crazy, ludicrous, surreal, disturbing, just drop-down, funny, straight-faced satire I I have ever heard. If you've ever seen the TV show Brass Eye, um, that's him. If you've ever heard uh, On the Hour, he uh, collaborated a lot with, what's the guy's name, Armando Iannucci? Is that his name? I think he does... 
uh, a TV show now, maybe Veep. Anyway, uh, there's a really neat thing BBC Four did, and I, I mentioned this in passing. Just you know, I, I can't I can't explain it too much. I don't want to more explain it, but like if you like funny stuff, go and listen to this thing in show notes. It's a three hour, three 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 hour, epic. Uh, a retrospective on the work of Chris Morris, including a full episode, I think the very first episode of On the Hour, a bunch of his pranks that he's done. But he's very, very funny and, and very dark and very disturbing. And the, the guy's ability to keep a straight face is just mind-blowing. It is because it's on the BBC and that you can only listen to it uh, to the 29th and you can't get an MP3 of it unless you have extensions I don't have. Uh, but go and get that. It is at uh, BBC4, BBC Radio 4 Extra, Raw Meat Radio. Mm. And I really recommend y'all go and listen to this because um, if you like funny stuff, this is funny. So a, a late minute addition to Merlin's Best of 2014. Mm, yes. Yes. To my best of 1991. Uh, that's, that's, a, that's a really good thing. And if you can find Brass Eye, Brass Eye's out there. It's pretty hard to find, but it's out there as they say. And uh, it's a really, really funny show, a real, uh, a great satire on, you know, the kind of like, uh, you know, document, no, documentary type TV shows about things to be scared about, you know, all the things you should be scared of. Oh, and yeah. it's, it's really funny. The one on drugs, the one on animals, like very, very funny. I don't want to spoil it for you. All I'm going to say is, trust me, if you guys like funny stuff, go listen to it. See, here's the thing, Dan, I don't want to crush the bunny. If I over explain it and I try to do the bits and stuff with an English accent, people are going to hate me. So I'm just going to say, go listen to it. I'm down with That's that. That's all I'm going to say about That's that. Good. I also want to mention, everybody's talking about this, uh, page two. Everybody's talking about this uh, this week, but I'm going to just toss it in because it would be a big omission if we didn't. A new app for iOS called Workflow. That's really, really interesting. And the heart of it is like, if you're a Mac user and you know, you've used stuff like Automator, but found it a little bit flustering, uh, Workflow is kind of like Automator for iOS. You build these work, actual workflows in the true sense of the word that hook together all these different pieces of stuff, not dissimilar from the stuff you can do in editorial or Pythonista, but uh, there's some things that really recommend it. I have not even begun to go under the hood with how you actually make these. But you can do stuff like the one, the example that they walk you through when you open the app is how to make an animated GIF taking photos from your phone. Like how crazy is that? Take this many pictures, turn it into a GIF, save it, stuff like that. Uh, things like all kinds of stuff. It's all the stuff you can plug in, interactions with stuff like your events. Uh, give me an Uber to the next place that I need to go. What's my, you know, all these different things. So all the kinds of great things that you would get in something like my beloved editorial, where it does great stuff inside of the app and then hooks you up with external things like Dropbox and other apps. The thing that is really promising about Workflow until Apple inevitably screws it up is that you can extend this. So you can basically make your own apps, save it to your home screen. So any kind of a workflow you can come up with, think about something like, just for example, make an animated GIF. You can save that to your desktop and that's an app that runs now. But you can also build extensions. So I think pretty much anything that you can make in Workflow, you can make an iOS 8 extension. Hmm. So I would just say if you're, uh, you, the thing is, is, it's probably silly to bring it up because everybody who cares about this has probably heard about it, but it's really powerful uh, and, and very much worth looking at. It's in show notes. Dan, in as much as you can say, uh, where would people find show notes for episode 200, 200 of your back to work program? Wow. Uh, wow. They can go to 5by5.tv slash B is in brothers, two is in the number, W is in Walry slash two zero zero. Never thought That's we'd say that one, do we? No, sir. He's only going to do three. 
Um, that's two bits of that. You got anything you want to toss in here? Take follow up? Uh, no, something for the after dark, but nothing, nothing for the main, uh, main part of the show. Daddy's intrigued. <laughs> yeah, no, you'll appreciate it. Well, I'll appreciate it. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'll send you, I'll tell you what, I'll send you a little preview of it. I'll send it to the, to your, your, uh, digital, uh, your Give phone. me a black cat drawing. No, this is, this is something you'll like better than that. You send me a black cat drawing? Yeah, I can if you want. Anyway, uh, you know, man, I didn't find out until really late yesterday that, it's no use saying it now, but Lumberjanes was free on, uh, Comixology. Comixology is doing this cool thing. It's worth going to Comixology, checking in every day because they get a free issue of an awesome comic every day in the run up to Christmas. It's really cool. So check that out if you like comics. That was random. Well, I mean, I think a number of people listening to the show uh, do enjoy free things, free things and comics. So I think you're mm-hmm. on the right you're on the right track. Anyway, that's a nice Venn diagram. Yeah. Also buffets, uh, shell scripts, seashells. Movie scripts. Mm-hmm. Burr, 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 burr. We got lots of email from people that was nice this week. And I, I picked out four things. You may have others. I got four I picked out. We can proceed however you like. Shall I, shall I tell you what I've got? Yeah, dive in and I'll, because uh, I've, got, I've got them queued up here. Oh, good, good, good. So we can. Listener uh, Jeff, last name withheld, wants to know about the history of the Plika Plika song. Listener Robert, last name withheld, wants to uh, share an amazing Canadian perspective on the right-to-work issue. Oh, that was really interesting. Super interesting. Listener Lex, last name withheld, wants... I want to talk about this, how to name calendar events when you don't really have a subject for it. Mm -hmm. I thought that was... Because I think that's tricky. Uh, Listener Chef Ben, last name withheld, uh, wants to know uh, about... Think talk about the benefits of treating email like Twitter. What are the ups and downs of that? uh, So we got Plika Plika, Canadian right-to-work... Uh, calendar events, uh, email like Twitter. Well, I loved your response to the Plika Plika uh, one, and I think ah. we, you could take that first. Uh, Dan and Merlin, could you ask Merlin, dear, dear Dan, could you ask Merlin yes. to talk a bit about the history of Plika Plika? Were any drugs involved? Thanks, Jeff, last name withheld. What is Plika Plika? Plika Plika is that song that annoys you for two minutes at the end of the episode. And... Um, it's uh, it's it's. I mention it mostly here because it's people do sometimes ask about it, ask about where they could get a copy of it. And I just thought I'd mention it. Um, in 1995, the band I was in called Bacon Ray did our first seven inch on vinyl and put it out, and uh, that was one of the three songs on on the seven inch. So that's a song from 1995, written primarily um, by the uh, one of the guitar players, Jason Emmett, um, and otherwise known as the Prince. And, uh, and we, we, uh, it's one of the three songs in there. You got, uh, what do you got? You got tomfoolery, uh, you got Plika Plika and Sundays in a row. And in show notes for this episode, uh, 200 is a link to a page where you can go and download all those songs. If you'd like to hear them. I really like that record a lot. It's a really good record. I think it was maybe the seven inch of the year in the Tallahassee Democrat. <laughs> that ain't, Hey, that's pretty good. That's big stuff. Right. But, um, it's a, it's a good record. I, I really miss Bacon Ray. It was a very fun band. Um, and, uh, so you can check that out. No, I don't think any drugs were involved. Jason was not a big drug guy. Um, but it's, uh, I don't know, the the four of us had such weird Venn diagrams of overflow and what we were interested in. I mean, you know, 
a couple of us really liked Kiss. A couple of us really liked Zappa. A couple of us really liked Blue Oyster Cult. A couple of us really liked Guided by Voices. A couple of us really liked My Bloody Valentine. And so, you know, and, you know, there's a lot of like super chunky kind of 90s sound. But uh, I like that song. It's really weird. It's a very odd song. Well, and it I fits, it fits perfectly with that, with the show. It sets it I, up. Yeah, to me, it's like, uh, you know, inextricable now. Um, and I think that guitar riff that Mike does in it, that everybody thinks that's uh, Jimmy Page. You're close. He's actually quoting Ace Freely, who his, his whole career is basically quoting Jimmy Page. Jimmy Page by extension. <laughs> that's a great guy to my voices record. Jimmy Page by extension. Yeah. Um, if you if you're drinking some wine and you mm. got four hours to kill, let me just say it's always fun to go on YouTube and watch guitar solos. I can recommend. There's a lot of great uh, Eddie Van Halen doing Eruption. Mm. You can find some really super sloppy Jimmy Page Stairway to Heaven solos. But I really recommend every show for the life of Kiss when Ace was in the band. You know, each band member got a little featured piece, and Ace would come out and do this completely asinine solo by himself. And then, uh, and then it's guitar would smoke. <laughs> and sometimes it's 17 minutes long and it's a lot of fun. Boy, that guy really liked Jimmy Page. Yes. You get, do you get that listening to him? You know, you, you hear that there, but I've also had, um, had people tell me that at, at the time, Jimmy Page was very sort of like, like, like not, not wanting to be in the spotlight, not wanting to acknowledge any kind of imitators. He's making that? money off of it. Yeah. Well. He's a famous tightwad, that Jimmy Page. Jimmy Page, apparently... Um, never paid for anything in his entire yeah, life. Yeah, never paid for anything. And also, uh, apparently... Turns out. Uh, could never play a decent solo live and sounded terrible at, at all times. And then you'd hear him in the studio. It's almost like yeah. a Milli Vanilli thing. Where the stuff that he lays down... I mean, he was sloppy even on the recordings. But Oh, yeah. But yeah. but in but live, forget about it. He's out of control, sloppy, borderline unlistenable. And I remember the first time that I saw uh, their their lovely uh, movie uh, that they made back in in the seventies. Uh, oh, the the crazy one with the dream sequence. Yes, where they start uh, out and they've got called? John. Song Paul, remains the song. Remains the song same. Remains the same. They've got John Paul Jones answering the phone in his lovely little house, and they're like two a date. But this is tomorrow, 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 and then and then and that oh, takes God. them away, and then the rest of it is the concert. Terrible. I mean, Jimmy Page is That's terrible in that whole thing. You remember that that, that movie? They they do. I, I do. I remember them having like weird lit up eyes, and there was like a Rolls Royce. Yeah, it's I, I weird. Saw it a really long time ago. Um, if so, oh gosh, lots of follow up here. Um, yes. So uh, good, good, you know, good reading. Hammer of the Gods. I don't know how much of it is true. But the Hammer of the Gods book is a lot of fun. Quite a page turner. Uh, supposed history of Led Zeppelin. Most if of it want, is about Jimmy Page's uh, black uh, beauty being nicked in the airport. That I think there were like eight chapters on that. <laughs> That's a hell of a guitar. Yeah, it is. Uh, so, yeah, it's funny. I had... Um, I was at school, as I am so often, and I was waiting for the teacher to finish something. And I, I sat down to my annual listening of uh, Led Zeppelin four. And, uh, <laughs> and annual? Yeah, I make a point once a year of trying to listen to Led Zeppelin three and Led Zeppelin four all the way through. Which do you like better? Well, you know what? You know the answer. Like I mean, Led Zeppelin four, what are you going to say? Led Zeppelin four is a really, I mean, it's the album. It's the rock album in a lot of ways. But Led Zeppelin three, man, it's, 
it's weird. Yeah, but you like it better. I think I kind of do. But then I go and listen to Led Zeppelin 4, and I'm like, you know, as much as Stairway to Heaven is like the Mona Lisa of rock music, it uh-huh. is actually a pretty amazing song. Did you ever hear that Taurus song that they... Yes, uh, I did. Isn't that weird? It's, it is it's weird. It's awful close. It's awful close. And those guys apparently toured with Zeppelin. They toured with Led Zeppelin. Mm. Yeah. I had they, to they get heard. around it. Yeah. It's you know? Awkward. He didn't pay. Mm. He did not pay. Oh, okay, well, but he will pay. pay. He will pay. He will pay. He will pay. And here's what I'm going to say to you, and you know this, Dan, but I'm going to say this. You know, sometimes, uh, you know, whether it's with comics or the music or whatever, like if you want to hear, to my mind, like if you don't want to go down a you know whole rabbit hole into bootlegs, there's one record you can get. It might be on Beats Music. It might be on your services. But um, there's a live record called How the West Was One that, as far as I can tell, it's Led Zeppelin at the height of their powers. Really? It's, uh, yeah, unlike unlike song remains the same. Well, we'll listen to it in the after dark. You got it. You got to hear. Oh my god, the uh, I think it opens with the first tracks. I think called "La Drone." It's just like a guitar sound, and then it goes into. Came from the land of the ice and snow, hammer of the gods, I'm not shipped to new lands. What's that called? The the song is the immigrant song. I was just enjoying you your rendition of it. Would you like me to do some other ones? Yes. I do a hell of a fool in the rain. Do you? Anyway, go check out uh, How the West Was Won. Not least because like it really, it's got that, the booming Bonham drum sound. Mm. Unlike other live records of theirs I've heard, it doesn't capture the, the how explosive it is. Anyway, it's a really good record. That's enough about Led Zeppelin. Episode 200. Boom. Led Zeppelin. <laughs> and Kiss is good. I mean, you know, with Kiss, I go back and forth with John Roderick about this because he's an animal. He doesn't like Kiss at all. He thinks they're literally, quote, garbage, which makes me very angry. But, uh, I, you know, Kiss, I grew up with Kiss. Yeah, I was just going to say that I remember vividly me and all of my friends drawing the Kiss faces on, you know, like mm-hmm. in any time in art. Oh, it's free time. Draw what you want. Kiss. Like that's, right. that's what we would draw. Like growing up with that, even if you didn't necessarily know more than rock and roll all night, you know what I mean? Like you knew, you knew who they were. You knew that they had these crazy outfits and that very much appealed, I think, to the kids of the seventies. That was everything cool about rock and roll in the seventies for better or for worse, Mm -hmm. unless you had real exposure to like, you know, more, more what we would call classic rock now. This was, it was very appealing to kids at that time, I guess to adults too, but how could you not at least have an appreciation for that? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's not music that holds up in 2014, but for for a kid in the seventies, they were great. Well, they're in their sixties now. I think it's it's about time to, you know, hang it up for a while. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, uh, so that's most of, uh, there's that. So Plika Plika, you can go get it in show notes and download it and, uh, yeah, we should probably leave it off the end of the show, but it's a tradition now, you know. Yeah. Did you want to tell me about something else you like? I'll tell you about fresh books. How about that? Mm. These guys are are pretty. I I know for a fact that you use fresh books, and mm-hmm. uh, and we do too, and we have for years, long before they uh, they started sponsoring shows a number of years ago, and they're back now. And uh, here's a question I'd like for you, listener, to ask yourself: Do you know right now? Because I think the answer is no exactly how much your business is earning versus how much you're spending down to the dollars and cents. Can you take out your phone and find out that answer? Uh, The answer is probably no. 
to both of those things. But how important is that? How wonderful would it be if there was an app, if there was a website, if there was a way for you to do this and also to send invoices and also to track time? FreshBooks is the thing for this. It is the thing for you. It is the thing for our time because that's exactly what they do. They make it incredibly easy for you to stop worrying and thinking about, oh man, I got to go send that invoice and did the person I sent it to get it and are they going to pay it and how can I keep track of if they've opened it or not, if they've even looked at this thing. Invoices, if you run your business, if you do side work, if you do anything at all that involves trying to get money from somebody else for something you've done for them, uh, FreshBooks can help you. And they really, really know how to make this process easy and seamless. It would be so much nicer if everyone used it. Because... We benefit when everyone uses it. That's right. If you invoice me and I'm a FreshBooks user, your invoice will just show up in my account. And if, if, when I pay you, you'll see it. You see, if you invoice me, you see when I've opened that invoice. So you know right away, oh, you know, did, did uh, client X get the, yes, they did. Cause I could see right here when they opened it up, it lets you pay through the system. They, they have figured this out. They've done some math and they say here, I'm reading this off the, the page. It says with fresh books, you'll get paid an average of five days faster. Here's another factoid. Uh, on average, FreshBooks customers double their revenue in the first 24 months. It's because instead of getting stuff that was just up in the air, I've got invoices out. No, you know exactly what invoices are out. You know exactly what you're owed. You know exactly when that money is due. How valuable is that? So they've set up a special uh, deal just for back to work uh, listeners. You can try FreshBooks free for 30 days, which is above and beyond their normal uh, deal. And the way that you do it is you go to freshbooks.com slash back to work spelled out. And if you do that, and there's a little section that says, how'd you hear about us? You just type in back to work right there and you'll get uh, fresh books free for 30 days and you'll be supporting uh, the show. Now you, you've been using again, another product. I think we should only get products that, uh, that you love. Yeah, we tried this. that. It, it works a, a surprising amount of the time. Yeah. Yeah. But you like the fresh books. Peanut butter nom noms. Our thanks to fresh books for supporting five by five and back to work. Robert, <clears throat> Robert Plant. Robert Plant. John Paul Jones. John Paul Jones played the bass and the, and the keyboard. keyboard. He played, the, uh, played the, uh, the, with the flute or the recorder on stairway. He played all the stuff that wasn't the guitar, bass, and drums. Yeah. Yeah. Jamie, Jimmy Page. Jamie Page. Cinderella's story. John Bonham. Tears in his eyes, I guess. <laughs> it's a good, it was a good band. Heavily influenced the last three years of high school for me. Yeah. Form, shaped and formed my high school years. They eventually paid the people whose songs they were covering. <laughs> yeah, uh, I recommended something to you. You know what? I'll find this for notes. Um, Black Dog. <clears throat> I don't know if you listened to that Sound Opinions interview with Robert Plant. Uh, it's really good. If, you got, if y'all like um, uh, Led Zeppelin, Robert Plant, that interview on Sound Opinions is really good. And I will try to find it here. Okay. All right. <clears throat> One quickie. This is from listener uh, Robert, last name withheld, in Canada. And um, he says, hey, guys, it's amazing. So, okay, so a couple episodes ago, <clears throat> I told an anecdote about a car wash in Newport Ritchie where they would make everybody come in in the morning and then just start sending people home, right. depending on how many. You had the clock out when it rained. So this is Robert from Canada. Um, <clears throat> I beg your pardon, talking about um, right-to-work stuff. He says, hey, guys, it's amazing how illegal that car wash would be in Ontario, Canada. <laughs> Here's some bullet points. First of all, if you work, this has to be three hours minimum work. 
So if I got called into a shift for a car wash, spa said it's ready to go home. Just by me coming in, he has to pay you for three hours. Boom. Canada. Check. <laughs> Bullet two. Basic employment insurance for all employment in Ontario. Everybody, employers pay into it. Company goes out of business. And Ontario will continue to pay. Third, termination pay. If you fire somebody, you got to pay them. Two weeks at least. That's Canada. Mm-hmm. 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 So I won't hear a word against Sloan. I won't hear it. More people should be into Sloan. You should be into Sloan. I made you listen to some Sloan. Yeah, it's not bad. Sloan. All right. Anyway, thank you to uh, listener Robert. Uh, that's bananas. What do you think about that, Dan? That's probably a little extreme. It seems extreme. And I don't, you know, I totally get the concept of wanting to protect employees and, and treat them fairly. But, you know, if, if, if they, if an employee does something wrong, that really bad, I, I believe they should be able to be fired for doing that thing right away. Shoot them, shoot them on the spot. Not that. Send the widow a bill for the bullet. No, no. That's Florida. But someone, uh, should, know, they should be able to be fine. If, if somebody yeah. does, let's say they get really angry and they start flipping over all the, uh, all the computers off people's desks and cracking the screens, that person mm-hmm. should be asked to leave and, and not come back. Yeah. But in Canada, that person has to, well, no, let's go to lunch. You know, we'll have a nice lunch. You got two more weeks. <laughs> it makes no sense. <laughs> you send them on gardening leave. Gardening leave. Send them out. You know what disturbs me uh, is hearing about people working at, uh, not to name names, but certain large chains in America who get these crazy schedules mm. for when they're going to work. You know, when I think of having a job, you think if you go in a certain time, pretty much the certain time, mostly every day. I mean, I remember in high school, McDonald's would like work around, obviously, you're in school. They they wouldn't give you these crazy schedules. And it sounds like today, it's becoming much more common in chain places to give people nutso schedules mm-hmm. where, you know, if you've got a kid to take care of and stuff, it's really difficult. So that, I mean, that's the kind of stuff that, you know, it's just so hostile. We shouldn't get into it. A lot of hostility. <clears throat> is this boring? It's kind of boring, isn't it? This is, this is probably what people want. Yeah. Um, they got naming calendar events. And, uh, I, wanna, I definitely have some comments about naming calendar events because you're not an Android uh, user, are you? Oh, sure I am. Are you kidding me? <laughs> well, uh, I didn't know that, but uh, there is uh, a wonderful uh, update to Android. I have a Nexus 7. And people immediately, I love this. I love that people think I'm exclusively like an Apple iOS uh, guy because I'm you not. You love that. I, li- I like all of it. I like, I like any, I will use whatever the best tools are. I want to find them and use those tools. I don't care if Apple makes them or if Samsung makes them or if HTC makes them or if I don't, none of that matters to me. I have no brand loyalty. I only have loyalty to finding the tools that work the, the best for me whatever those things are, whoever makes them. Now, in, mm-hmm. in, in, in a situation where there's some kind of, uh, as you would say, morals or ethics involved, I will use that to make a decision, of course. But it so happens that my favorite phone is a, an iPhone uh, 5S right now. But computers, I would use something else. Right now, Mac makes, you know, Apple makes the best computers and Mac is the best computer. But I love, uh, I do love to experiment with different things, especially in the, the tablet space. So I've got this Nexus 7. It's the last Nexus 7 that they made late generation 2013. Not the best build quality of a tablet. Uh, but it is, it is a fun thing to try out and use because I do like the new version, the 5.0, the Android 5.0. And here's something that I think is really clever. And I, we've talked about this before with some calendaring apps on iOS as well. 
but the one built into Android does this with actual little images and and things like this behind it, especially when you're looking at your your day view and it shows the hours broken out of the day. If I were to do call with Merlin or lunch with uh, lunch with my wife, it's going to put a uh, it'll actually find that as a word and it, change it uses the right icon for yeah, it. Yeah, it, or in the case of this one, when you're looking at like the day view, it'll actually put a background. If you type in lunch with my wife, it will change the background and show like a little plate with a knife and a fork and a little thing. And you know what? It it actually is really nice to see that because. It, it's a visual cue and identifier where there's an icon showing a phone for a phone call or a plate and fork for a lunch. Little things like that, that it doesn't take that much artificial intelligence for Google's uh, operating system to figure out that if it starts with the word lunch or call, maybe it's a lunch or a call and maybe right. show those things. That to me, an app that does that, I think is incredibly useful and and very, very helpful and so I think this comes back to the naming of something. When you're going to to schedule an event, naming it in such a way, especially where there's invitees, I don't want to invite you to an event called Call with Merlin because you are Merlin. So how do I name that? You're not having a call with Merlin. I am, and you're invited to it. Like that, you see what I'm saying? So I do. how do you I do, do that appropriately? Uh, I think that's a good question. I'm looking here at... Um, mm, mm, mm. Um, uh, not fantastical sunrise sunrise is one that does that so like our ongoing you know tuesday call at nine pacific mm-hmm. um it says so i've named that skype colon record back to work and uh it's got the little skype icon it, it grocks that and puts the right icon next to it which i agree it's it's a nice touch but <laughs> the reason I, I think the reason i really like it here I mean, the reason I want to talk about it is because I think it gets to something deeper than just being about calendars. Um, it's a <clears throat> kind of a deeper pattern that that I think is worth um, being careful about. So, you know, let me just read what uh, this is. Um, listener uh, Lex, last name withheld. I have a question regarding calendar events. How do you name shared events if there's no subject? For example, let's say you and I meet up somewhere for coffee, no business, no meeting goal or whatever. I would make an event in my calendar called Merlin Man, including a location, and that would be clear for me. But now, because he's self-aware of this, Lex, uh, if I invite you to the event, you have an event called Merlin Man in your calendar, <laughs> which is not informative to you at all, etc. cetera. Um, so here's, here's what I do, uh, and I'll explain why, if it's interesting. Um, I tend to, first of all, I, I think every event should have something in the name that makes it glanceable for what kind of thing it is. Mm-hmm. And I think the thing is most people put something like a name in there because that's all they need to know is that's mostly meetings that I'm scheduling. So if you put John Smith in there, you're going to know that that's a meeting with John Smith. But And that will work fine. But again, if you're inviting people, that's not so great. So what I'll do is I will say something like usually all caps, call, colon, and then my only, the, the selfish thing that I do is I will say John Smith and Merlin Mann or, you know, John and Merlin. Mm-hmm. But I think, but what, you know, why, why put John Smith instead of just John? Well, this is the beginning of a good pattern, which is put in way more information than you think you need to, because it's eventually going to bite you in the ass if you don't. So if you just put John in there, well, John, what? Like, what is that about? What if you know more than one person named John? What if you meet with John, you know, um, more than more than one time uh, in a month or something like that? But, you know, so two important parts. Number one, make something that's going to be sensible for both people. And, you know, you can always edit that on your own end when you get the invite. But put in a rich amount of information in the subject line, even if it's just coffee. 
Um, one that I've done sometimes, it sounds really silly, is just out. I'll say out, colon, and then John Smith and Merlin Man or a coffee, colon. Something like that that you can just glance at. Mm-hmm. Um, but do put both names in because I think that's a polite thing to do. And then, you know, I do, I'm not perfect about this, but I do try to put something in the notes field about what we're, what we're going to do. If, if we've, it, you know, if it's just to have coffee, you know, you could put it in a little jokey thing and say, you know, John and Merlin conquer the world. We're going to talk about, we're going to have coffee. It's going to be fun. But if you, if you really know in your mind, the real reason is you have to talk about something for God's sake, put it in there for both of your sake. You're going to be so glad if you're not busy enough that you don't need to do that. You're not busy enough because if you can remember like what you're supposed to do and remember to talk about with all the people you're meeting with, well, make sure you really are remembering and make sure that they remember too. And I find this very useful, especially if you've got any kind of a project or a process where, you know, let's say somebody wants to have me speak somewhere. I might have three or four calls with them. And, you know, if, if all I see is the name of the person I'm talking to, well, first of all, I don't, I don't, might not remember who that person is. I don't know who they are. It's really helpful to say something like, you know, call, you know, person to person and then say follow up and then like three bullet points on what it is that we're supposed to talk about. This, the pattern I'm trying to get at is that, you know, give your brain a break. Because if you're counting on your brain to remember stuff that it shouldn't or won't remember, you're, you're going to cause a lot of stress and you're going to drop the ball. So I think it is really useful to put that in there. And then, you know, sometimes I annoy my friends with this. I've certainly annoyed you with this. As I do send somebody, as they say, an invite, I will usually add the person's email address um, and send them an invite, uh, which I know can be a little bit of a hassle, but, you know, I I don't know if they're going to write it down. I don't know if they're going to remember. And now it's theirs to choose to forget. At least if I've sent it to them, now they've got that message. Um, I've never really understood the implications. You ever click on modify event, allow this person to modify it? Oh yeah. The event, and you get that weird warning about overrides. Do right. you know what, that, what does that mean? Do you know what that means? I'm, I'm asking you, I've, I've, I don't know what that means. My, uh, Cause I usually say allow them to modify the event. Yeah. My guess is that if they make a change that it will just change it. And it, I think it's assumed that you will agree with that. Like you, yeah. like if they change it, then you're giving them the power to affect your own schedule without another approval or invite going in. Okay, I guess that's that makes what I sense. Think. But anyway, I'm prattling on a little here, but I just think I think it's valuable to I don't know, I guess I realized 10, 15, really at least 10 years ago that my brain is not as good at randomly accessing that kind of stuff as I like to think it is. So if somebody recommends a record or a, a movie or something, a book, I will write it down. I'll put it in, you know, in my notebook or I'll usually put it into a note in iOS. Um, and I think that's really valuable. And if you don't need it now, wait 10 years because you probably will. And it's also, it's just a nice thing to do for the other person too, because if they're busy, well, here's the, here's the secret MacGuffin is that like, if you, um, not a MacGuffin, it's just the secret thing. But like, if you send them something and it's got three bullets in it about what you're going to talk about, I think that shows a tremendous amount of respect to the other person. If you know there's stuff that you need to talk about. Now, if that person's looking at their calendar for the next week, they see what it is they need to prepare and they can go, you know, plan accordingly. So I, you know, I guess I would say that just putting somebody's name in as the subject line, if that works for you, that's okay. But I think you will find yourself moving toward a more successful pattern if you try to put richer information in there. 
and hell, man, in uh, in in Google Calendar, you can even attach documents and stuff like that. Yeah. I, I would I would utilize that. I think that's a really good way to go. What, well, you what can, do you think? You can do that. You can put in the, like when you were talking before about how you'll put in out, you can put locations, addresses in there as well. Oh, so I that, always do that. You know, yeah. oh, that's the most handy thing because then if you do use a, um, a maps app and you're out and you just tap it right there, it'll show you uh, the location. It'll be the map taking you there. And it's, it's a nice reminder to yourself that, uh, and I think some different apps will show the little location symbol as a reminder that you're, you've got to go somewhere for this. And again, not diving too much into the Google ecosystem here, but you know, if you're using Google now or something, it'll show you when your meeting is and it'll say, it will take you 17 minutes to get to this location. So that in a way yep. it's like, you kind of know, oh yeah, right. I got to, I know I set a reminder for half an hour ahead of time, but I need, I don't need to leave for another eight minutes if I want to get there on time. A little things like that. It's still, there's, I, I've, I'm trying to still, and it's still, I hang on to this of, you know, not just saying, oh yeah, right. We got to do that thing on Wednesday. Like I have two things I have to do tomorrow and I, I know about them. I know I have to do them, but I haven't put them on my calendar. And I realized like I should put them on the calendar, even though if I know I have to do them, because they're both things for my kids, like I'm not going to forget because they keep reminding me every five seconds. Uh, But if they were on the calendar, other people who can see my calendar would know about them. And in a month or a year from now, I can look back and say, oh, I, I did that thing on this day. Oh, I, I, I totally, I totally agree. Uh, and you know what? I, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, it's, you know, like I like to say, it's like brushing your teeth. Like it is secondarily a nice thing for other people, mm-hmm. but I really do it for me. Other people will benefit from me brushing my teeth, but really I do it for me. Mm-hmm. And I, even if I don't have to and nobody knows, I still do it. I don't get a cookie. But like, that's just a thing that I do. And in this case, I totally agree. Putting in the, because here's the other thing is it's forcing you to walk through all the steps. So even if it's something that you're just doing at your office, I would still personally put the uh, location in there. Not least because things like Google, Google Now, things like the application Mind, Mm -hmm. M-Y-N-D, Mind is really canny about showing you what your day looks like, how many miles you'll travel today and stuff like that. I don't use it all the time, but I I think it's a really, if you were somebody who did have lots of things around town, it's super handy. Like, what's the weather going to be like at this place? I think that stuff, and and again, like you say, that the Google ecosystem is great at capitalizing on that stuff and giving you relevant information. Um, What was the other one? Yeah, oh, and here's the other one. Uh, It's easy to forget. And this this is just like a classic David Allen kind of thing. But you know what's weird is is that in I don't know if it's an iCal thing or I don't know if it's a, it's weird to me that the standard for calendars does not allow for a phone number field or a contact field because mm. I think that's really important. So the very first line when I've got a call or a Skype thing with somebody, the very first thing in there is I always put in my phone number. And then, hmm, well, my phone number's in there. Do I have their phone number? Oh, well, guess what? Maybe you don't have their phone number. Maybe you don't have their Skype handle. Wouldn't you rather realize that now? and be able to go and get it and put it in, then realize it when you're like, you know, running downtown and trying to get on a bus and you realize that you don't have their phone number. Right. That's a horrible time to have to look that up. <laughs> so in the taxonomy of, of calendar events, that, also, that stuff makes you seem really tightly wound. And my friends understandably make fun of me for doing that. But I think putting that stuff in there is, is super valuable. Some people use the location field for phone number. That's fine. But I, I tend to put it in the body. So anyway, that was really boring, classic back to work stuff, but I I think it's valuable and it goes for lots of stuff, right? If I get something in, I still use OmniFocus uh, for my task management stuff and um, 
somewhat inexplicably to me, they don't have an extension yet for OmniFocus that I'm aware of, at least the one I'm using. So like I will frequently mail, if I get email from somebody, I will BCC that to my task address on the OmniSync server and then that'll add that to my inbox. I I really wish OmniFocus still had, I don't know if you ever used OmniFocus when they had this, they used to have this really bananas language that you could put in like a subject line. So like anything uh, after a colon was the project, I think. Oh, I remember what you're talking Greater about. Greater than, you could have the task, you could put like a start date and stuff like that. I really miss that because I would actually use that, especially with Text Expander. I would use that a lot today. But that's what I do now because like, you know, get it out of your inbox. I know you love using your inbox as a to-do list, but wouldn't it be nice if you did something to put it somewhere else? Like even if you're going to use your inbox as a to-do list, and we all do that sometimes, that's still a good habit to build. You know, and you know, the the trick behind the habit is it gets you thinking about the future. It gets you thinking about like what you'd like to do differently and what you're gonna need to do for that particular thing. So going through that that tortured thing of filling in all those fields in the calendar app can actually be really illuminating because you suddenly go, Oh, I don't we never decided where we're having lunch. Has that ever happened to you? It happens to me all the time. We said we'd have lunch, we picked a date, we never picked a place. Okay, that's a task for you. You've got to go do that. It's a dumb task, but you gotta go do it. Uh having the person's phone number in there, giving them updates. Anyway, I think that's all valuable stuff. Very valuable. I mean, this is, you know, this is what people I think uh, are wanting to tune in for, for this productivity, show. Productivity guru. Guru. Productivity guru. Walk, walk, let, let's talk to the slides. and Talk to the slides. Walk, walk me through it. Transcendental meditation. <laughs> did you ever listen to that uh, Patton Oswalt thing I told you about? Uh, yes, I did. You should quit your job and listen to podcasts. There's a lot I of know. good podcasts out there. Wasn't that a good to. podcast? Yes. This is what, what I, I like. I like when people uh, when people have a thing that they do. And they work up their way up to the the A list level doing it. <sighs> I also like people who uh, who evolve. Change. I like people who find the courage to evolve. It's hard to do nowadays. There's a lot of disincentives for evolution. Disenfranchised. Well, it just seems so ugly now to try and become a better person because you have to admit that you weren't perfect before. And my goodness, nobody wants to do that anymore. It's bad for your brand. I'm making some notes for the After Dark. Please tell me about a third thing that you like. Our third and final thing that I like is Backblaze. And Backblaze is one of these wonderful... There's a small group of of apps that I hear people talking about that are, are there to help prevent disasters from happening in the form of losing the data that you save on your computers. There are a few of these apps out there. Different people have different favorites. Backblaze happens to be one of mine, and that's why I aggressively pursued them until they caved and decided to sponsor (laughs) some shows. And it took a long time of bothering them and emailing them and calling them, leaving messages. But finally they said yes, they would try it. So please, uh, those of you who do not already have a backup uh, solution that you're completely in love with, I, I would suggest that you try Backblaze because it's my favorite. And this is what, the way that they work. You have a computer, Mac, PC. And what happens over time is uh, computers, they break, the hard drives stop working. Or you delete a file that maybe you didn't want to delete. Or your computer gets stolen. All of these things, just the day-to-day I uploaded 20 pictures from my kid's birthday party. I don't want to have to worry about now I've got to plug in a hard drive and clone, the, clone which you should still do, by the way. But I don't have to worry about that, or I only do that once a month. 
Or I accidentally deleted a file, but I can't remember when I did that. Or I just want my wife to be able to go and use the computer and not have to say, well, why is it back here? What is happening here? What happened to this? No, you just want your life to be backed up. And that's what Backblaze does. All of your data, it doesn't matter how much movies, photos, music, Word documents, PowerPoints, all of your user data by default is going to get backed up to Backblaze. And they currently have over 7 billion files that they've restored for their customers through loss and things like that. They have an Android and iPhone app so that you can get to those files that are uploaded already on the go. And let's say you do lose uh, all of your data. They can even give you, instead of letting it restore down to the computer over the internet, they can send you a hard drive to to restore that. I mean, all of this is thought through. And here's the deal. No gimmicks, no additional charges. Five, there's a free trial I'm going to tell you about, but five bucks per month per computer unlimited backup, unlimited five bucks. So here's the deal. You go to backblaze.com slash back to work. And if you do that, you'll get a free trial. And then if you want to continue it past the free trial, five bucks a month per computer. So uh, check them out, backblaze.com. Thank you very much uh, to Backblaze for supporting 5 by 5 and Back to Work with Merlin Mann. John Syracuse. I, love, mm. I do backblaze. Great, backblaze. it's a great. You've got you. You've got to have a good backup going. It runs in the background. Like you've got to have this. I don't want to think about that. I want to think about it. Mm. Potato, Mm-mm. potato pancakes. Mm-hmm. Hanukkah. Mm. Latke. 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 Latke gravis. Yeah. Gravitas. Gravitar. Futures end. Futura. Did you like that Futura photo I sent you? Futura. Could you identify Boy, the that. source of that? Yeah. Well, it was either a player handbook, DM guide. Correct. Like Player Player's handbook. Oh, man. That's, that's... Found an original one from our time up on the shelf mm. at uh, at uh, the store right by ABC. It does it. Mm. That is living. <laughs> Let's see. Wow. that that's That's most of what I had. Everything 200. Else, 200. <laughs> that's so many episodes. That's a lot of episodes, Dan. More than three, I'll tell you that. Yeah, just barely. Catalog of episodes. You can go back. You can you can listen to them again. They're just as as fresh as today's headlines. I I see that a lot. People will tweet to me or to us and say, you know what? I I just heard this episode of Back to Work, and uh, and now I'm going and I'm listening to all the old ones. I'm on episodes, you know, six. I'm like, whoa, wait till you get to seven because oh, that's geez. you know. Yeah, you know, there's some good ones. People like the GTD episodes. Helpful. We've uh, we there's we've there's been music. There's been um, four guests ever, none of which were shootrepreneurs. Five mm-hmm. guests, I guess, all told. Mm-hmm. Shootrepreneurs. Mm. What do you think? You want to put this one in the bag? I think we should. I think we should wrap it. Well, congratulations to you, Dan, and thank you to uh, to all the jackals for uh, thanks for two hundred. Thanks to you. I'll never forget the day that I received the email uh, <laughs> from you. It changed my life. Mm. Uh, saying you were you were interested in doing the show. You came. You had the name. You had everything. You had it all planned out. I think you had the arc of about uh, the first hundred episodes already plotted out. I'm the Brian Michael Bendis of productivity bloggers. <laughs> yes, yes, you are. <laughs> Some of my issues are better than others. <laughs> yeah, Mark Wade. Whoa! Don't get me started. Oh my Frank God! Land, am I right? Yes. Up here. Okay, let's button this up. I love you. I love you too, Marlon Man. 